us live at the Women's Expo. If you're at home, thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. I'm Stephanie Hansen. Hey, I'm Steph March. And we are here, and we are uh, helping you discover uh, some networking opportunities with women. There's a lot of women-owned businesses here, and Women Ac- Women's Expo is doing a cool maker area where uh, products like Gustola Granola, products like Heather's Dirty Goodness, T-Rex Cookies, uh, Bees Knees Honey are all here selling products and then donating a portion of those proceeds to the Susan G. Komen Race for the Cure. <clears throat> so we appreciate that. Yes. And if you are out marching... Right. I think that starts at 11, it right? It started at oh, 10, oh, I think, and goes 10 to 2 maybe. But if you are out marching for your life, thank you. Thank we you. appreciate it. Well done. Um, there's a, if you're af- after the march, if you want to gal- gather your lady mom gal pals, come on over to the Women's Expo. They'd love to have you. It's a good idea. Um, when we start the top two, or with the, let me start over. When we start <laughs> the hour of second hour, we always give you uh, two of the things that we're obsessing over or two favorites for the week. It is the top two in hour two. Let's get at it. Giving the old one, two. One, two, one, two. And now the weekly Top two, top two. The top two. Pick your best two. In our two. I'll give you two. All right. Okay, this is the time. We're going to talk to you about the things we love the most or the things that are making us so happy this week. And I'm going to start with Lenny Russo is kind of relaunching Heartland in Wyzetta. I'm excited about that because I liked Heartland a lot in St. Paul. And one of the rubs on it and you know, you know, I'm a homer for St. Paul, yeah, but it was are. always like this would be so much more successful if it was anywhere other than St. Paul. I know. So why is that a folks have at it? I mean, so he has, uh, you know, the beautiful hotel that was built out there. The landing has a restaurant called 925, and um, it has been lackluster. And I can tell you from the Wyzetta perspective. I hate the decor. And, uh, I mean, the whole hotel is gorgeous. It's this very Hamptons-y, you know, white yeah. and blue thing. And then you got, walk into the restaurant, and it has felt like Perkins. It's like dark and brick and, and like oak that feels like 1980 Parade of Homes. Uh-huh. I've been disappointed. And so I am so excited because they are shutting down, and they're going to, I think they're shutting down on April 30th. So they're going to refresh. They're going to refresh and redo things, and Lenny is taking over the menu, and he already kind of is. But one of the things that he's doing, which is so exciting, he's going to champion Lakefish. This is so needed. How how have we it's gotten real, this far? I don't know. When you wrote about it, yeah. it was like, yeah, it's going to have lake fish and things that come from our lakes. Yes. I was like, wow, wow, brilliant. Yeah, think about that. I mean, and that's one of those things that is, I think, you know, because funny enough, we are having a seafood renaissance right now in town. I know. Between Octo and between, you know, the fish guys really ramping up their distribution and bringing cool the things The new place in. on Grand Avenue, the catch. The Grand Catch, yep. Same Wadi. I mean, chefs are really, and I think it's, a, it's like this idea that we've all agreed that we're going to eat more fish. And I love that. I love that idea. So this is exciting. He's potentially going to bring in some eel pouch and some crazy, you know, things. I'm really hoping, like Jenny said, that there are a bunch more lake crayfish. Let's eat those suckers and get them out of the lake. Yes, because it's like eating an invasive species, yes. right? Let's let's solve things by eating them. So there, so May 10th is when it's supposed to re, uh, sort of revamp and relaunch. It's going to be called 925 still, I think. Okay. Um, which 
is okay. There's another piece of this that you didn't mention that I was like, oh, that's Stephanie March is going to be at that yeah. bar 24-7. Yes. My buddy Trish Gavin, who is one of my favorite bartenders in town, has taken over the bar program there. She's she. I've actually known about this for a couple of weeks, and she's we've texted each other, and she's like, I'm sitting at Belcor Bar. I'm like, <laughs> this is not going to be good for my liver. No, it's going to be not. real bad. But um, I'm excited. Okay. So, uh, What's I'm, first one? well... Okay, here's a little inside <laughs> baseball for Weekly Dish, okay? okay? So what happens is is we have a thing called the grid that's out in the cloud, and we put links to things that we want to talk about on the grid. And when we do our top two in hour two, like during the week, we might throw our top two on there yeah. so that we know what we're talking about. What has been happening as of late is someone will put something on the grid, and I think it's me. <laughs> oh, but no. maybe sometimes it's Stephanie, and then I take Stephanie's pick... Because I think it was my pick. <laughs> and so I'm wondering if this pick is your, actually no, your you. pick. Okay. That's you. Because I'm so confused. I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's what I was going to pick. But I don't know if you picked it. No. Nope. Okay. So that's inside baseball. But <laughs> sometimes I take her pick. And yeah. then she's looking at me like. She's talking about the thing that I'm going to talk about. What are you doing? Yeah. And I've done it twice. So, okay. It's amazing. My picks are candy today because Perfect. I'm in the Easter candy mode. I, when I went to the Institute of Arts and we went to the China um, exhibition that I I told everyone that that they should go to Mm because it was amazing, inside the um, store was something that I've seen in other stores. They have it at Certix too, and they also have it at Max's. Mm -hmm. But I was like, oh, I forgot how amazing this is. Mademoiselle Mial. Yes. She has these delicious honey bonbons Mm -hmm. that are gorgeous. But she also has these chocolate bars that they're packaged in oh, clear yeah. cellophane yeah. because they're so art, artfully done and beautiful to look at. Like each piece of the fruit that's in the chocolate is just placed just so, mm-hmm. or it's it, like the salt in the dark salt uh, chocolate bar is haphazardly random in all the most beautiful ways. Like the chocolate bars are so, they're the art. Yeah. So they had them in the Institute. I was like, oh, I forgot. A, these are delicious. But B, if you're looking for a little Easter treat for someone, they're just incredible. Oh, I love those. And I will say that that's one of those, you know, because she, she has one that's infused with Laphroaig scotch. Mm-hmm. And so those little bonbons have um, just that smokiness to it. And to me, that's the thing. It's like, I don't need a whole box of Whitman samplers. I just want one little meal. One little bite. Oh, love it. Okay. So my second one is also a bit of newsy news, which is the fact that Tim McKee and the Fish Guys have launched a meat distributorship, a wholesalership called Market House Meats. Now, most of us who are, you know, we're just eaters out there, you think like, well, that doesn't really have anything to do with me. But what I'm saying is that because of this, because they're going to access smaller family farms who are doing high-quality meats that they can't necessarily get into the big distributorships, uh, we're going to see a lot, a lot more well-curated meat in town. And improved, like, farm-to-table communication about your farmer. Yes. The stories are what they believe. And it's true. There's a whole, you know, bunch of information out there about how the younger generations want the story of their food and they're willing to pay for it. Yep. And so the point is, is that these smaller farms like Andy Peterson from Peterson Craftsman's Meats, who McKee already works with, you know, it's he's he's always self-distributed. And he's a guy who has worked this amazing farm. I mean, you see Peterson, you know, limousine beef all over Metro in great burgers and in steaks. And it's very pedigreed and very everyone loves it. But that guy has had to 
distribute it himself, which means he leaves the farm to go drive it to and the restaurant. And he's a salesman. Yeah. But so this is a family thing. But now with Market House, he'll be able to concentrate more on the farm and let them do the driving. And like Wild Acres, Pat Ebnett, yeah. just, I mean, that guy drives all over the state delivering yeah. ducks and turkeys Chickens and, and pheasant and whatever the wild game needs are that you have. But think, if you think about like how challenging it would be to raise a farm with real live animals and then have to be the salesperson and the distribution and network, it's challenging. Driving the truck, I mean, alone is one of those things that's a full-time job. This is sort of an aside, but have you ever seen pictures of the limousine beef cattle? Yes. They are like these shaggy, yeah. beautiful, long-haired beasts mm -hmm. with these steer horns that stick straight out like horizontally. They don't, they're, they're just really cool looking. The whole thing with them, it's really interesting. They are a French breed. It's limousine, you know, and not limousine like we all say ourselves. I'm going to say limousine. But because in their whole thing is that they are bred for colder the, the, the reason they do so well is is in colder, rocky climates, mm -hmm. which is really great for us. Um, and so they, they really breed really well. And they're just beautiful. And they're tasty as get out. They are tasty. <laughs> What's your other one? Um, okay, so we kind of already talked about it, and maybe we ruined my wah, but uh, just the Easter candy selection at Golden Fig. Yep. So I had to go to Walgreens because there was one thing that I knew Golden Fig wouldn't have. There are two things, actually. One was Reese's Pieces. Yeah. And the other thing was the little... Uh, not politically correct grass that goes in the basket, oh, the cellophane grass. Is I that did, not and, politically correct Well, anymore? it's plastic, but oh. I ended up buying paper grass if you're keeping track of my ecological needs. Okay. Um, <laughs> so I bought the grass, and then I, my kid likes Reese's Pieces, so I bought those, and then I kept walking to the Golden Fig. And just, again, they have such beautiful stuff in there. Their chocolate bar, you were saying about the bars, mm -hmm. the bars are nuts there. Their selection is crazy. The other thing, too, that they have um, that is just beautiful and it makes me think of spring and Easter is the milk glass. Yeah. So they've got that very beautiful um, mint-colored glassware, mm -hmm. so like cake stands. and Very Martha Stewart. She yeah. had a huge milk glass obsession for a while. Giant platters. But that's a great and, spring table. You're right. And they have the white. Mm -hmm. They have the mint colored. They have just the beautiful salt and pepper shakers that are really big with the old like stainless steel tops. Yes. Um, just really some beautiful wanna, stuff yeah, in there. And all you need is like maybe one piece to set a table into a very cool, you know, tabletop scape. Tablescape. Yeah. Scape it I, up. I thought about, um, I know my mother-in-law is going to bring a lemon meringue pie. So I was like, maybe I'll get something to stand the pie on. I ended up. I do need a new pie. I need a new cake stand. Oh, that's such a fun thing to buy too. I know. I ended up buying a blueberry mint and laven uh, lavender lemonade to make a signature cocktail. My daughter's girlfriend likes fruity drinks. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I'll, I'll buy this and I'll make her a little special Easter cocktail before we get started into the lamb. And we are going to talk about our Easter dinner next. And I will tell you that your Golden Fig um, stop, that's one of the things that I loved about it, is like you can go get your candy and your sugar and stuff, but you should also then peruse all of the other grocery yes. items because it's amazing. Yes. Uh, we're going to go ahead and we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we will give you more brunch Easter ideas. brunch ideas. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Weekly Dish. We are out here at the Women's Expo in Minneapolis at the Convention Center. If you want to come on down, it's a great day. There's a lot of lovely women walking around and hanging out together. It's a totally good girl's day, by the way. It is a good girl's day. I don't know. I'm not saying that if you're into brackets and basketball and whatever, and maybe you don't have to be. You can be if you want to but this is sort of a nice alternative to that in my mind. 
Yes, it is. You know, to, are you following that? Do you do no, all of that? No, I don't. That? I have zero interest in any of it. So. My husband was out of town the whole week, and I have to say, can we? Like, do we know anything? Like, do you know anything about no, like who's winning? And not things? a thing. All I know is the number one seed, like Virginia, got ousted by yeah. someone by the 16th seed. That's all I know. All I and know, I don't care. I know. I, all I know is that I always will, always, always, always pick Kansas to win because my daughter's <laughs> a Jayhawk. So they could be in last place, and I'll be like, nope, Jayhawks are going to take it. That's Rock funny. chalk, because that's how I roll. So then, anyway, so that's, and I'm sure that when, you know, her bracket, she was never a basketball person and then went to Kansas and became like an insane basketball person, of course. My favorite story was when I worked at KFAN, we had a bracket contest and I was like one of the only women that worked there. Yeah. So I got Michelle Tafoya to do my bracket, <laughs> but I didn't, we didn't tell anybody, but we did it on the sly and we split. I was like, if I win any money, I'll yeah. split it with yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. Like Dan Barrero and all those like guys were just like, oh, how are you Hansen doing do so that? well? You're like, let me tell you. Yeah, what. I finally was like, oh, Michelle did my bracket for me. Oh my god, I love that so hard. I came in, I think second. Did you? Yeah, I did, and we won a little bit of money, and I gave half to Michelle. But Perfect. That was like 12 years ago. Well done, you. Yeah, I should do that too. Just because nobody thinks that I'm ever gonna like. Yeah, you, you know, totally can do it. I you know. just like sabotage the whole thing by, by sneaky. Oh God, you're not above being sneaky. I'm so not above being <laughs> sneaky, you guys. Sneaky is my middle name. All right, so guess what? Easter's coming. I am brunching. I want to help you guys out. Here's the thing. I have decided that I really, I mean, the brunch idea is so easy. Why don't we do, I mean, I guess we do Christmas breakfast, but that still gets into a whole nother space where there's so much around it. The thing I like about Easter brunch, it's sort of like you show up, you do a thing, it's early, you have a spring day at your, you know, I was just thinking that because I like to like entertain. Yeah. But brunch is an easy entertaining window. I have been looking at these recipes because, of course, I go to the Bon Appetit, you know, the brunch, the ultimate brunch guide area. And I, I will put a link up for that for you. But, I mean, just perusing the things, I'm like, oh, my God, you're right. This is I can sleep in still. I can still go for my morning run and host 10 people at my house. Yeah. So this is my point where why are we not And brunching? a quiche, one quiche <laughs> feeds 10 people I plus a salad. I am so excited. So here, I'm going to give you a little rundown on some of the things I'm thinking about. First of all, uh, pea and prosciutto salad, which to me is a very natural thing. Very Tell me about that because I just bought three packages of peas and I'm wondering what I'm going to do with them. Oh, spring yeah. Peas. Yeah, spring peas. I think that's something that, you know, and like if you can throw some fava beans if they're out. It, it, that's one of those things that it's a little hard to find locally. You know, it, it's not exactly growing out of the ground right now. So um, I did see somebody saying that they had seen some fiddlehead ferns from Oregon in oh, the Whole Foods markets. Oh, oh, Right. So I'm just saying, think about this in terms of varying your green salad. It doesn't have to be lettuce. Make it peas and fiddlehead ferns and little asparagus tips and things. Pretty. Yeah. Just as long as it's green, just verdant is my point. And then I'm going to throw a little bit of green goddess dressing. I'm going to make my ranch and then whip in some avocado and some really good hot, some awesome herbs in there. And then I'm going to uh, drizzle that over the top with a little bit of, with then the curls of prosciutto, which I sort of broil for a few seconds to get them a little bit crispy. Right. Um, I put, posted a, a recipe that I think I'm going to do with asparagus. Oh, yeah? And you're going to like this. It's um, gribiche. 
Oh, grabiche. How they say it, grabiche. Yeah. So someone taught me that. It's like capers and um, vinegar and mustard and wine, and you just mix up this vinaigrette that you serve on your asparagus. Yes, it's a beautiful thing. In fact, that was the first. Funny enough, the first time I ever had a a grabiche was in Seattle when I was opening a restaurant there. And so, like the guy who I'm going to go see this week, maybe tomorrow, is the guy who taught me about grabiche because it's got hard boiled eggs in it. Yeah, and I was thinking that's kind of a different way to serve asparagus. What do you think about these? I'm a little bit interested in these, and I'm a little bit scared of them, but they're gorgeous. These carrot pancakes with salted yogurt. Does that now sound yummy? Yes. I'm, I love, um, I love fritters. I love pancakes. I love zucchini cakes. Any of that. They're gluten-free. My sister's gluten-free. These are gluten-free and they have, cause you use chickpea flour and they're kind of, they say Bon Appetit. It's like, it's a texture between a latke and a pancake. Yum. And I am all about, I have never, I never, carrots are like probably the most like pedestrian thing in my mind. Like I have never loved cooked carrots. And so I chop them up into my, into my pot roast for the kids. And I, you know, sometimes I glaze them with ginger for like Thanksgiving and stuff, but I don't love them. You know, Ellie's favorite dish is, uh, I cut the carrots into like batons. Yeah. And roast them. Yeah. And then serve them with thyme and goat cheese yeah, on the top. Totally. That's her favorite. But see, this is the funny thing that, but we do it that's what we do with them, right? I mean, I do hipster carrots at Thanksgiving and we just roast or do things with them, but never as an ingredient other than like putting it in bolo, you know, as part of the mirepoix. Yeah, yeah. But so this is interesting to me to make a pancake out of a carrot. Like a signature dish out of a carrot. Out of a carrot. Yeah. I'm so interested. I want you to do it. I know. So we're going to see how that goes. I am definitely in and I will report back and anyone can report on it. Um, The deviled egg situation, right? Okay, I'm a little bit tired of deviled eggs. A little bit. I was like, what? What is happening? Only in the fact fact that I want something. I just, I want something more from it. I mean, I can lobster it up. I can do all the things to it. Make it gorgeous. Grand Cafe for the brunch. We had a lobster deviled egg that killed me. Yum. But again, so I like this idea of taking the whites and chopping them into little squares. You know, giving them a, a, what is that called again? Brunois. Yes, a brunois, <laughs> but not that small. But you're right. Chopping them into sort of squares and then doing the... A pipe. dice. Yeah, a dice. <laughs> wow, that was hard, you guys. Okay, so dicing up that white part that's already boiled. Okay. And then piping the stuff on top on a biscuit. Like a tiny little biscuit. Oh, so And then like... using that as your base and then having the white be a chopped up and then piping the yolk on top. Yeah, so like an egg salad biscuit. Yeah, it's kind of like that, but still deviled in that weird way. I is, don't know. Is, okay, I'm, yeah. What is the actual act of deviling? I don't know. Because I'm wondering how egg salad in that But instance, it's not mixed together. Maybe that's yeah, it. Egg salad composed. is, because egg salad really bugs me. And it's so <gasps> weird that egg salad, what? I cannot eat egg salad like on a sandwich or at all. For real? Yeah. Oh, that is like one of life's simple pleasures. I know to me. people have a love of it, and I can't, like, no. And I don't. <laughs> and you love eggs I love, more than I anyone eat, I know. I, on a desert island, I'm bringing eggs. That is hilarious. I love eggs. I do love an egg salad. I know. I just, maybe it's because I've been failed by weird, runny, sick, greenish egg salad. Do for you a long make time. your own? No, because I've, don't like it. My mom never made it either, so I don't have any history with it. Yeah. Oh, egg salad. There's a lot of history with a good white Pullman bread and just yeah. a delicious See, sandwich. Weird. No. Okay. What about grits? I'm thinking about doing a, like some grits on the table with some poached eggs in there. No? Is that no. too weird? 
Okay. I'm not a grit. Grits are great. Yeah. Have grits anytime you want. Not for Easter. You think no? No. Okay. There's nothing Eastery about grits. Okay. Um, what about a cute, I'm going to do a citrus salad for sure. Didn't do, which I'm so excited for just, uh, pomegranates and, uh, grapefruit, blood oranges, all chopped and quartered, tossed in mint with a little bit of honey. Oh, what do you think of that? That sounds real good. Yeah. That's you what can I'm use going. salad girl if you're in a pinch. Yeah, I don't want any of those dressings would go well with yeah, that. Yeah, I think too. I want it just to be like spare. Mm, yeah, spare. Maybe a little salt too. How much mint? Like, and are you going to leave it leafy or no, chopped? No, I'm going to chop it. I want there to be little flecks of mint. So this is almost like a fruit salad. Kind of, but there's no, there's really no dressing. You could make a, you could make it and then serve it like on a bed of watercress. Wait a minute. That would be nice. I have an idea too. What if I take some velvet bees honey butter oh. and whip that into some cream and make a tiny little whipped cream on the side. That would be delicious. That would be good. Okay, that's good. Here's the other thing I think you'll like this. Make it a parfait. Oh, oh. Like in like a, a parfait. Trifle. Yes, like a parfait cup. Oh, I could do that. That, that would be beautiful. Uh -huh. Oh, okay. Maybe we'll do that. What do you think about the savory Dutch baby? Oh, I do you do that all the time. I make Dutch babies a lot at the cabin. Yeah. I have the best like seasoned cast iron pan up there for it. Um, savory. What are you going to, I, I smoke salmon. Yeah. Smoke salmon, a little creme fraiche, a little side of dill. Yes. I think I'm going to do a couple of those. Okay. On the table. Um, and the last thing I'll just let you know is, are like, you going to Instagram all this? Cause it's sounding real I good. Know, don't, I, I'm my, so here's excited. my, here's my, my brunch or my <laughs> dinner actually lamb. Um, this gribiche, gribiche, on my asparagus. I've got a bunch of peas, so I can't decide if I'm going to serve them separate or make a pea risotto, which oh, I might do, do a pea risotto. Do that. And then the pie. But did you notice I don't have ham or lamb or anything? But it's a brunch. There's enough eggs. Here's the thing. I yeah. think I might make crab cakes as you're like sort of. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're making kind of a, here's an idea. You're going to make your carrot cake. Yeah. You could serve your crab cake kind of off to the side. Yeah. So you have your salted yogurt, your little slosh of greens, and then the crab cake is sort of on the side. Mm -hmm. So it's that's your composed plate. Yeah. Because then if you serve that with, there's meat in there. There's meat in the salad. Yep. There's eggs, which are protein. And then you have your little salad. Yeah. And, yeah. and there's crab in the crab cakes. And what were you doing with the peas again? You Oh, pea, pea and, and prosciutto. Prosciutto salad. Yeah. Okay, this is what I'm thinking. Anyway, just we'll put up a post also of the cocktails, which I'm just trying to decide if I'm going to go Palomas. I'm thinking pink yes. grapefruit, tequila, a little bit of like a little slice of habanero in there on a salted rim. Yeah. See, why don't we have brunch parties? <laughs> I don't know. Cause you and I are like oh cooking God. up a good one. I know if you're in a pinch too, cause I'm always looking for the like ways to save time. Yeah. Trader Joe's right now has the limeade with jalapeno. <gasps> I don't even know anything about that. It's, it's incredible. Okay. And it's 50 calories for like eight ounces. So in the grand scheme of it, it's not a lot of calories. It's not super sweet. It's delicious with tequila and a little extra lime added and a little salt. Okay, I'm in. All right, you guys, that's my roundup for Easter brunch. Hopefully you guys are going to have a good one yourselves. If you're cooking, if you're going out, whatever you need, report back. Let us know how it's going. Uh, us Tag us questions. on Instagram, yeah, too. You know, it. at Steph March. No, at Stephanie at March, Stephanie on, March Instagram, on Instagram. Yeah. And I'm at Stephanie's Dish. And we want to look at what you're cooking. Yeah, we always love it. Okay, when we come back, I'm going to tell you about my weird <laughs> new... So we just 
we just made everybody <laughs> hungry, and now we're going to tell everybody not to eat anything is what I'm worried I'm about. I'm going to tell you about my new <laughs> idea for weight loss and just overall health when we come back, because I'm a weirdo. We are back live at the Women's Expo, watching our friends at the Midpoint Event Center Dancer Studio dancing. They look so very fun. Shimmy, shimmy, cocoa bar. Um, thank you for Red Cow and Red Rabbit that'll both have brunches for Easter if you're still looking for a place to go and you can always sit at the bar there without a reservation. So thank you to them for sponsoring our show today. And thank you to the Women's Expo for having us out here live. You can still come out to the Expo. There are events happening all day. In fact, at 11 a.m., a lady is coming on to talk about sex, which, you know, that's good. Do, 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 do. Do. Um, okay, Stephanie March, I did something this week that you're going to think is crazy, and I only share it with you listeners because I love you and you follow me on my crazy <laughs> exploits. So, you know, I started in, I, okay, I started, I did the whole 30 in January. My goal was I was trying to lose 10 pounds. I've been dieting, not like dieting, but watching what I eat and being more mindful yes. for about a year mm-hmm. and feel really great. But I felt like I'd kind of plateaued. I went to Mexico for a couple of weeks and we ate and drank a lot. Yep. So I was creeping it back up. I was like, I want to I want to stay where I am. This feels much better to me. Yeah. So somehow someone I had heard there was this documentary on Amazon about fasting. So <laughs> I was like, oh, that sounds cool. So I watched this video on Amazon about fasting and I'm having it posted on our show page and I'll put the video link on our Facebook page, too. But Generally, it was an hour-long documentary about that they discovered in Russia. For 30 years, people have been fasting in Russia. They're now fasting in Sweden. They're fasting all over the world. And what they do is they fast for up to 21 days. Okay? They don't eat for 21 days. They are in a medically um, managed community. They have massage. They exercise two hours a day. They're meditating. They're getting their blood checked every day. And what is happening when people are going on these extended fasts is they are curing or reducing symptoms of things like cancer, rheumatoid arthritis, schizophrenia, depression. It is diabetes. It is crazy the health benefits that these people around the world have been experiencing from these fasts. Okay. So... It was like some people are doing it like health club-ish, like, hey, I kind of need to get a grip, so I'm going to go and fast in Switzerland for two weeks. Okay. Other people, like this is sponsored by the Russian socialist government. They have people that are doing this as a way to manage long-term diseases and ailments. People have been able to get off their anti-arthritis drugs. And so let me before I know, you, I know, you I know. I have questions. I have questions. Okay. I just need to know that. Then... Okay. This documentary goes into a researcher that has found that if you fast five days before chemotherapy treatments, your outcome is completely that much better than people that don't. So all of these researchers have documented something that happens in your literal blood, right? Mm -hmm. So our brain feeds on carbohydrates and on glucose, and there's some transformation that happens. And I'm not a physiologist, so I'm not going to try to explain this to you. But some transformation happens that then your body goes into a state of ketosis. And we've heard about these keto diets. Yep, yep. So... I was like, wow, that's really amazing. As a cancer patient, like, had I have known that maybe that could have helped my chemotherapy journey, I might have done it. Yeah. And people don't know. So that's interesting. Anyway, 
I get to that there are people that are doing this for weight loss. I'm like, well, I can't be medically supervised for 21 days or 14 days in Switzerland as much as I'd like to. <laughs> so I start researching like fasting for weight loss and I come across this thing called the 5-2. There's the 5-2 or the 4-3. And basically what you do is you eat for five days what you would normally eat. Now that isn't crap food. That means right. like you're going to eat a reasonably balanced meal and reasonably balanced food life. So for a woman, the calorie count on that might be anywhere from like 15 to 2000 calories, right? A day. A day. Yep. So what you do is for two of those days of the week, so you have five days where you're eating normally, two days, you limit your calorie intake to five to 600 calories. So it's not a complete, don't so eat anything. it's not a total fast. Okay. No. It's basically eating nothing and then picking one meal or one meal and two snacks, but under five or 600 calories. So I'm reading this and I'm thinking, well, the way you could also look at this is if you are eating normally for five days and restricting for two, the calorie load of your week is about the same. Right. But it supposedly does something to your inflammation in your blood. And I have lymphedema. So I was like, you know, I'll try this. I think... For me, as someone who eats out a lot, entertains a lot, the idea that I could two days a week manage my calories like that versus 30 days only eating vegetables and meat True. on a whole 30 True. felt way more doable to me. Yeah. So I did it. You did. I did. And the first day, I felt amazing. I ate like I had bone broth during for breakfast and lunch. I had a couple broth. I drank tea. I drank Mrs. Kelly's butterscotch tea. And then I had um, a sensible meal. I had a piece of salmon, some asparagus, and some cherry tomatoes. And that's what I ate that day. I exercised that day. I did a spinning class. Then I drank a crap ton of water. Yeah. Like, that was the key to it, too, was I, I pounded. I drank about 120 grams, or what is it? Not grams, liters, whatever, of water. Yeah. Then the next day I woke up, and I felt great. Like, I was literally buzzing with energy which was weird. And then I took a boxing class that was 400 calories on my Fitbit. I've at this point still eaten only the 500 calories from the day before. I was a little hungrier this day. I ate a like hard boiled egg. I ate a handful of like turkey meat and then I had a sensible dinner, but I still stayed under, I was at 580 calories that day. I was drinking lots of water. At this point, I was getting a little bit of a headache yeah. because I probably wasn't drinking enough water, but I still had an amazing amount of energy. I just felt incredible. And I felt so clear, like in my thinking, my inflammation in my arm felt a lot better. Mm-hmm. And I was just How like, much is that? So what did you do for the rest of the week to alter the kind of food that you're eating? I didn't. I did the same. I went out the same amount of times to dinner. So... Part of this, though, and I'm not, I, I don't, I think that is what's interesting is, is I would like this. So this was just this last week that you yeah, did this? Yeah, and I'm going to do it again. Do so. it again, because I would like to know how much of it is the placebo of like, I'm trying something new and I'm going to feel good. I'm looking for feeling goodness. And so I'm not, you know what I mean? Like yes. you sort of like seek out the good. And I do think you probably felt it, but I wonder. And I'm expecting you to be critical. Yeah. Because that's how we roll this show. So <laughs> it's good. And I am going to, st- I'm going to do it. I what would I, love to hear. I mean, I'm interested. And I'm down like almost two pounds, but you know, that's just not to be gross, but your poop and your water. <laughs> right. But I am going to do it because what I liked about it is that I can still be social. I can still go out, but I can manage the days that 
I'm not going to have a full calorie count. I can manage the days I'm going to fast. And it's not actually fasting. But is it is it that it has to happen in a row? Too? No, because you, you don't have to do consecutive. But I when I looked at my calendar, that's what made sense in that moment. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do two days. It's so weird because I mean, I actually randomly do this by accident. A lot of working busy people you know what do. I mean? My husband does it. Just because I can't, there's days where I'm like, wow, it's 6 p.m. and I haven't eaten anything yet today. You know, and it just happens that way. And it doesn't matter when you eat it. So, so like, if you want to eat your 500 calories and go to bed, you can. But I don't know if I, and that's the difference. Like, I don't necessarily feel like I don't, although I'm not doing a lot of water or anything else either, but like, I don't feel any energy difference on those days. I don't feel alive or, that's, for me, that's the big thing. Like, I don't necessarily, I never look to like lose poundage other than, like I'm not doing things for that, but I would notice if it did. Yeah. But for me, the the big thing that I always look for is the energy because I can't afford to not have energy. And I always think that if I'm not eating right, then that's when I dump. What what they said in the documentary was that like the hardest day for most people to go on these like longer term fasts is day three. Yeah. Like your body, it just it's that's the hardest day. But then once you get past that, and it's weird because on the third day. I ate, I was, I didn't wake didn't. up and I would be like, oh, I can eat today. Like I slowly just kind of, cause I wasn't hungry. Yeah. I slowly just sort of went back to it. Here's the other difference. This, so I, yesterday was my eating day. I didn't drink as much wine. Mm. I didn't want as much wine. I had been drinking so much water. Like I just, I don't know, but I, inst- I would normally have two glasses yeah. of wine. Mm-hmm. And I had one yeah. and felt satisfied by that. Well, the funny thing is that's where the main calories oh. for most people comes from. That's why when Heather Bailey quit drinking for two months, you know, it's like she's she said she lost, you know, like 10 pounds. And felt great. Yeah. So I'm going to just, this is an keep experiment. Keep it up. I'm excited. I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep doing it. I'm not lighting you on fire because of this, which is, you know, because I always get worried about sticky things. And I don't necessarily think, I don't consider this a fast because you're not fasting. You are putting yep. food in your body. And I'm, and I'm, that to me is safe, safer yeah. than, than people who are like, I'm not going to eat for three days. And then, but, but I will tell you this, watching um, a friend of mine who is a bodybuilder and seeing what she does and her uh, regimen of like this day I eat this, this day I eat this, this day I do this. I only have this, and watching what that does to her body, I absolutely believe that this is a thing that yeah would work if it's what it works for. And I don't. I mean, I also am acutely aware that I sound like a complete nut, and I'm obsessively <laughs> tipping over into some weird sphere. So yeah. just if you're listening and thinking she's a nut, I know it's interesting. I'm just, I'm trying to reduce my inflammation in my body. I'm trying to live the lifestyle I want to live, but without the consequences. So I'm looking for ways to shortchange the system, I guess. Perfect. And if eating 500 calories two days, whether it's in a row or I can pick them, works for me, then yay me. Right. Do so it. So I'll keep you updated, Good. but that's the skinny on the 5-2 um, fasting method. And that documentary was amazing. And it's only an hour. So okay. it's cr- incredible that it can just change people's lives. I love it. We got to go. Yeah, we got to go. We'll be right back. We're going to take a break. You're listening to The Weekly Dish live at the Women's Expo. I'm Stephanie Hansen. That's Stephanie March from Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine. You can find all of her uh, meanderings and musings in the magazine every month. We'll be back. We are back. You're listening to The Weekly Dish presented by Red Cow and Red Rabbit live at the Women's Expo. I'm here with Stephanie March. And we are really thrilled to have you. We hope that everybody is planning to have a good, is it Palm Sunday? 
Oh, I don't know. I don't know all the <laughs> religious parts, but I don't know. But it is it is the uh, March for Life Sunday or Saturday, and it's uh, lots of good stuff. So a lot of people are out marching, and just want to say, you know, fist up for the kids and the teens who are on their way or there. I mean, whether you are for or against what they're marching for, I think we can all agree that kids being involved in the civic yeah. s- civics lessons and how to get bills passed I mean, and I never how to organize. I thought like a, about no. this kind of stuff when I was a kid. And to be an activist, and they had an article in the Star Tribune just on, I guess, yesterday about kids that aren't for gun control and kind of what they're doing. Like, yeah. This is a real live lesson in grown-upping and the political system, yeah. and I think that that is incredible. Yeah, I And I'm too. excited for these kids to be experiencing that. Um, next week, we're going to be at, uh, no, not next week. Is it the next week? week? No, the 31st. Okay. Is, we're April 7th. Yep. Richfield Live, Arks Value Village, mm-hmm. which that is going to be super fun. I know um, it is. Come down and thrift with us. It's going to be great. And then April 21st, just going through, we're going to be live at Bachman's. Right. We've never broadcast live at Bachman's before. No. That is such a wonderful place in the spring. Yeah. Um, so some live broadcasts coming up. Uh, I have something to tell you. I just don't want you to scream into the microphone. Okay. Sea Salt opens on Friday. This Friday? Yes. Oh! <laughs> that was good. The I last, last year I did that, and you screamed into the mic. Do you remember? I was like, no, no, no. So this year I'm telling you quietly. I do really love sea salt. You are the most sea salty human I know. So. You, and I love it for, like, the food's fine. Yeah. I like, love no, the, it's truly. I like, love it's the camaraderie. Amazing. I love the waiting in line and talking to people yeah. that have never been to St. Paul before. Just don't make them sit next to or you Minneapolis. on a table. <laughs> Really? Why? <laughs> the communal table thing. I have to tell you, our discussion last week, we didn't do a Facebook thing oh, this week. Oh, shoot. Last week, the communal table, I will tell you, it carried throughout my week. And so many people were like, but does Hanson know that she doesn't have to talk to the people if they're sitting next to her? And I'm like, yeah, no, she knows. I can't sit next to people and not talk to them. Hello, have you met me? I know. But I'm like, but then they're like, but there's like, the, but then they would think that you would want to sit next to people. It was very confusing for them why you are who you are and how they've all seen you interact in public and you're so open and so connected. But yet I don't want to sit and at you a don't communal want to sit, table. No, and it was really funny. I've had it is confusing three different ex- people ask it, me about it. When you describe it that way, I can see why I'm a dichotomy. Yeah, but, you know. it's good. I know it just was funny. So I loved it. Hey, um, letting you know for kids who are on spring break this week, one good thing, the great thing that has happened, uh, Moon Palace Books, which is a cute little bookstore. Uh, they have opened a cafe called Geek Love Cafe, which... Heart. Did you read the book Geek Love by Catherine Dunn? No. If I I like th- this book is an incredible book. Really? But it's very weird. Oh. It's about people in sideshows in the circus. Oh, the actual geeks. The but original geeks. But it's an geeks. incredible book. Yes. Well, all I know is that they've opened this little cafe and they're serving up pizzas and salad and wings and all sorts of fun stuff. And just what a great, and there's a ton of great stuff going on at the bookstore for kids. So like if you want to bring your kid and do some bookstore afternoon stuff and then get a pizza, what a good idea. Love. I've always thought that like someday I would open a bookstore. I did too. I really did. Maybe when my husband starts, stops writing books, that's what we'll do. Yeah. He's like a kitchen letters one, like in New York where it's mostly food books. Yeah. <laughs> or mostly just books that we like. How yeah. about that? We just sell books that we like. There's that too. Um, what else was I going to tell you? What is your moral of the story of this week's show? Um, that there are women who write 
comedy while drinking wine and coffee and whiskey, and I like them. Yes. <laughs> and that hopefully the, uh, the the women who were here, uh, they're going to be on at 11.45, Shannon Custer and Carolyn Poole uh, doing their Sometimes There's Wine at the Expo. But they are going to have a show in um, September, and I'm really excited to sort of maybe figure out if we can get the Weekly Dish to kind of do something fun. would that be fun to do an event? Yeah. Do an outing? Yeah, that's mine. What's your moral of your story? Um, my moral of my story comes in a moment in the ugly, delicious documentary docu-series that we watched that was uh, produced by David Chain that Stephanie had us watch, where they were talking to a woman who's a school teacher by day and every Saturday cooks Texas barbecue and someone told her how much they loved her food and she was 82 years old and they zeroed in on her face Tootsie. and she had a tear. Yeah. She had a tear. I was like, that's what food can do, people. And we leave you with that. Yes, it can bring <laughs> you together or cause you to have a tear. <laughs> a <of> breakdown. <laughs> emotional release. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us. We're at the Women's Expo. Come out and see us.